So how many of you all could relate to something in that video? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just love that song. It's got so many ups and downs and ups and downs. I love the way it feels when, you're, when, it, when it's going through all that. And I just want to point out that whatever season you're in, there's going to be ups and downs. But there's always the ups to look forward to that are coming right around the corner again if you're in the down spout right now. Um, at the very end, I hate it when I feel like that lady that's dropping off her kids, running off the porch, and then falls and, and rolls down the hill. I hate it when I feel like that. It ends up being that I feel totally defeated. I've been there, totally done that. When Josiah was little, I met Mike in the driveway one morning, or one afternoon. I'm sorry, it was after he got off work. He's coming in. I'd already texted him to be ready when, I, when he got home because it was his turn. I was late. So I meet him in the driveway. Before he gets his door open, I'm already handing the boy to him. <laughs> I'm running to my car, getting in it, backing up and going, <laughs> leaving because I am done that day. I was totally done that day. So I hate, I hate the fact that I was done that day, but I was done and I just needed to get away. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most moms have experienced that at some point or another in their mothering. And so, <laughs> but at that point, I was in total survival mode. I had been in survival mode for a while that day already. But um, often, uh, the, we become not, we end up not being proactive or offensive. And that's the mode that we need to try to be in. And offensive is when you plan to win. You've got a plan, you've got a game plan, and that's what you're going to do to win. Um, instead, we a lot of times end up in a reactive mode or a defensive mode, just trying to keep the other team from winning and going down. So I just want to encourage us to all take some time to make sure that we have an offensive plan in our life and for our family. So I don't know how a lot of times we end up in this defensive, defeated feeling of a mode um, because as a child, I remember playing house. Did you all play house? Anybody play house? Not very many this service, it doesn't look like. I played house as a child with my little baby doll, and we had a great time. My house was very calm, very loving. You know, I fed the baby. I burped it. Y'all remember their little heads going like this? These little plastic baby dolls, their heads don't pop off so easy, or at least mine didn't. But there was no, like, it seemed like it was going to be easy, right? So I could give you a lot of reasons once entering into motherhood and being in that position for a while. I could give you a lot of reasons as to why a lot of times we end up in a defensive mode. But ultimately, the bottom line of all of it is because we lose sight of the fact that we're um, supposed to reflect God's love into our families. Just like a prism, prisms receive light and then reflect light out. And that's simply what we're supposed to do is reflect God's love. So 20, it was 25 years in December when Micah proposed, and as... Um, a um, present to him I made this 
being totally unaware that 25 years later I'd be on stage and he would still have this and I would remember it. All those things are amazing in my brain right now. Um, that just like this, it's, got, it's a prism, but then also it's got a little heart prism inside. That's, that's what we're to do is to, to allow God's light and love to shine into us and then create rainbows all around us. That's what we dreamed of as a kid, right? It was all rainbows and pretty. So that's our goal, but it's not always exactly what happens, right? So how we actually do that, well, there's endless ways that God loves us. And so in turn, there's endless ways that we can show God's love to others. And so for those of you all who know me well, I will go ahead and give you a relief in the fact that we won't be here till next year. I've only got three <laughs> that I'm going to share today. <laughs> so I'm saying mothers, uh, it's three ways for mothers to reflect God's love in our families. I'm saying mothers, but it can apply to anybody. Um, and actually, it, I think it should apply to anybody, whoever we are, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, um, whoever, uncles, whatever, wherever you are in your life, there's somebody that you can reflect God's love to. So Mother Teresa said that the problem in our world is that we draw a circle of family too small. And so for some of you all that feel like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not a mom, I, I, I'm, this really doesn't apply to me, I want to encourage you to broaden your circle. Make your circle of family a little bit bigger and realize that that's your sphere of influence and that people that are around you need your love and need to see God's love. So no matter who you are, there's somebody that God's called you to to reflect his love to. So three ways for mothers to reflect God's love to your family. Number one is slow it up. A lot of times in our society today, we are in fast-forward mode, it feels like. We're like, okay, I just need to get a grip on what's happening. <laughs> okay, we're going to do this, 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 and this today. We need to realize that we can't do everything that we've always done, especially in the time that we've always done it. Um, when you're, as you're trying to take care of children, and drag them along with you. You've got to slow down a little bit. You've got to have time for you to breathe and them to breathe. So I want to encourage you to reevaluate re time spent and the priorities of each season. Each season of your life, each season of your family's life, each season of your child's life. Now when I say that, don't, don't just think about the four seasons in the year because as an infant, you all know that there might be just two days that they get to wear those newborn clothes and they're gone out of them. We're on to another size, another season. And so it happens really quick as they're young and then it can happen just as quick as they're older to realize, oh my goodness, they're going to be moving out soon. What did I or did I not do that I should have done? So just make sure that you're taking time. Your kids can't do everything as well. 
I know we want them to. We want them to have all the opportunities that are available these days. And I get that, been there. But we need to make sure that we're prioritizing the opportunities that they're taking and allowing our children to have time to learn and grow at their speed. So I was at the store, um, I guess a week or two, I guess it's been two weeks now. And on the other side of the aisle, um, I'd just come off that aisle, started on the other one, and heard, I'd noticed a little girl and her mom coming on the other aisle. And anyway, I heard her once I was on the other side, and she started crying because she wanted something. We've all been in the store and heard that, haven't we? But mom, and she starts crying and everything. I, I, I'm on the other side, so I can't tell what's happening. But some way or another, the little girl quits crying pretty quick. I was pretty amazed about that. And then a few minutes later, I hear the little girl say, but mommy, I think I'm just tired. And I'm like, very self-aware child, because not too many of them do that. <laughs> but what got me was the response was, well, you should have waited in the car then. I get that. I've been there. Said stuff similar. But, you know, that, that might be a flag to us parents to say, okay, hold up. Yeah, I have a million errands that have to get done. But first priority is to make sure that I'm noticing what's happening in my family. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Um, Think about what you need to not do in order to be able to love your children and to care for them, to take care of the most important gift in your life, and that's your family. When you pull everything else out, the most important thing is your family, whether that be your parents, whether that be your siblings, whether that be your children, whether that be whatever it is that circle of family that you draw, that in the end is the most important gift. In Psalms 127.3, it says that children are a gift from God. God has entrusted us with his kids. I know they're our kids, they're a gift from God, but they're his kids. They're ours for a short time. And so when we realize that, we need to make sure that we are reflecting his love. And one of the ways of doing that is to make sure to slow up so you can realize what you're doing and the things that you're choosing. Number two is to guide them. In Proverbs 22.6, it says to train up your child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The New Living Translation says direct your children onto the path and when they are older, they will not leave it. So another way I've heard it recently is teach your children to choose the right path, and when they are older, they will remain on it. So today, I want to give you a little bit of a different tweak. I grew up in the mountains. Um, right out, the Appalachian Trail came through our town. So this, this verse specifically is a little bit different in my head, so I want you to re uh, listen while I say it one other way. Teach and guide your children to choose the right path so when they are older, they will continue to choose the right path to stay on.
because we all have choices that we have to make. As adults, we have choices. As kids, they have choices. As much as we would like to say they don't have choices, they do. We just have to teach and train them in those choices and believe God to protect them. But while I was growing up, um, I, I don't know if you all know, but I am generations from the mountains. My, great, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, they're all from the Appalachian Mountains. Um, and it is Appalachian for those of y'all that aren't from around the mountains. We get to pick. It's our mountains. <laughs> and so Josiah had a teacher that kept saying they're Appalachian. And I'm like, she didn't live there. She don't know, she don't know nothing. Don't listen to her. <laughs> so, but one of the things, because there's not a whole lot to do up in the mountains. There's not, I mean, like here, there's tons to do all over the place all the time. There's more than there used to be, but um, anyway, so one of the things that we did were we were outside people, not as much me as the rest of my family, but um, I did have to go on hikes. I wasn't always thrilled. <laughs> my dad, <laughs> when I was little, I remember I, re I was awful. I remember throwing a fit because we were in the middle of this hike, and I was done. My little legs were tired. I was tired. I didn't want to go anywhere else. I didn't want to see off the top of the mountain. There had to be an easier way to get up there. <laughs> I was sure <laughs> there weren't, but and I don't think there still is some of them. But, yeah, we went on so many hikes. And I was the baby so in the family. So, I, yeah, I was the one with the shortest, littlest legs and didn't really enjoy hiking. But one of the things that my parents did do was they took me anyway. They taught me how to read the signs, like on this, on this tree. I don't know if you all have hiked at all, but Mike informed me this is actually supposed to be called a blaze. And they paint the tree based on which path you're on. So they can be different colors. So you may be on a path, and if you get to another color, you're on the wrong path unless you were planning on changing your hike. So with all that said, um, hiking means different things to different people. For me, it means, well, I hated it, but it did mean that I had to learn a lot of things. We had to hike. We never hike alone. Back, well, back then there were no cell, cell phones, but on top of that, they don't work still in the mountains. You can't rely on a cell phone. You don't hike alone. You always tell people that are behind where you're going, what path you're taking, and you don't want to venture off that path much because if there is an issue and you don't show up on time back home, they need to know where to find you. So relating that back to the scripture that I'm reading, when we're on a path of life, we need to be showing our kids the signs of who good friends are, the signs of who not good friends are, and what to do in both situations. Because sometimes our kids aren't choosing the good friends. Sometimes they're choosing the bad friend. Sometimes they need to go ahead and choose to love on the person that might be a bad friend at first to try to influence them, but make sure that you're loving them but not participating in the bad choices. 
So we need to teach our kids the signs so that when um, there's a sign that says that there's a, a dangerous area ahead, that they don't come up on that dangerous area skipping and flipping around, that they're being cautious, they're watching out what to do. They're not sliding down the rocks to destruction or death. So what, we, what to do, what we need to do when we've made a bad choice or a bad decision or chosen the wrong path, we need to be teaching them what to do. So if you're on this hike in the Appalachian Trail and you're gone and then you're not seeing a blaze, you haven't seen one, you kind of get used to the spacing of them. You realize, I've got to stop and go back. And so we need to teach our kids to stop what they're doing. When they realize they're making some ba- they've made a bad decision, we need to tr- let them know that there are consequences. There are almost always consequences to a bad choice. But also how to handle that consequence, how to deal with what to do when you find yourself in the wrong direction. You've got to walk back. If you're hiking, your consequence is you're going to have to walk further. You've got to walk back to find the blaze and then reassess where you're supposed to be going. So I just want to encourage us as parents that we're doing that, that we're guiding them in love. Just like Jesus loves sinners but hates sin, we need to love our children, deal with situations. Sometimes that's blatant disobedience. Sometimes that's just a mistake or a misunderstanding or even just an accident. But address all those things in love. Sometimes addressing them in love means that we figured out there's some triggers in our life that we didn't realize before. When we are like about to explode on our kids, we realize that there's a trigger there that's been set off. We need to make sure that they're in a safe place, go seclude ourselves, and count to 550,000 if needed. (laughs) But come back and guide them in love. So number three is to love deeply. Love God love yourself, love your spouse, and love your kids in 1 Peter 4, 8 in the New Living Translation. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sin. Recently, I heard someone say, our families are a training ground for love. So a training ground, we've got an obstacle course thing here. Um, A training ground is where you go to learn, to practice, to make the mistakes, and to grow stronger and better. So that's not just for you. I mean, just for your kids. It's also for you. So as a coach, you're on the training ground with your team. You're telling them what to do, and you're encouraging them to do what they're supposed to and how to do it, and you can do this. You're their cheerleader. You're, you're their trainer. So also, if you're on the field and you're the coach, most of the time you've taken coach clinics and you've done things to prepare yourself to be a good coach. So I want to encourage us all that we can always, this is our training ground as well, and we need to make sure that we're training to be the best coaches that we can as parents. 
So keep in mind that no mother, no father, no child is perfect. But love covers a multitude of sin. It covers a multitude of mistakes, misunderstandings, and just accidents. So make sure to keep your love for one another deep and strong. I'd like you to close your eyes and imagine with me for just a minute. I've got three different things that I want you to think about. First, what would it be like to be a mom that reflects God's love to your family? Then what would it be like to go to bed at night being a mom that reflected God's love all day long to your family? And then, what would it be like for a whole church of moms to have that distinct vision and purpose in their families to reflect God's love? You can go ahead and open your eyes. I think that would be pretty amazing for all of us to have that same vision and that same goal. We just have to reflect the love that God gives us through every aspect of our life. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy because it's not. We've all had things scripted into us that are different than what I'm telling us to do right now. Um, the way you know that is when you, when you were young and you said, I will never do that, and there you are doing it. Those are typically scripts in your life that you need to break. Um, but we've all found ourselves in that place of saying, oh, yeah, nope, I just did it. So I just want to encourage you to look at yourselves and realize what you might need to work on. And I want to encourage you that not only will it help you but when you're doing these things, you're, you're not only helping your kid in your life, but your grandkids are going to benefit from this as well because when you're realizing, oh, crud, I did it again, and you're repenting to God and asking for forgiveness and asking for guidance from Him, you're also going to your kid and saying, I'm so sorry. You don't deserve this and I'm going to do better. And you ask them to forgive you. Just like that's what you expect for them to do when they've wronged somebody else. So I just want to encourage you to reflect God's love. Today, since it's Mother's Day, um, every lady that's present this morning, I have a necklace for you. It's the one I'm wearing. And they've got one that's coming up. Um, it's a pretty cool necklace when you shine a light through it it will project I love you in a hundred languages so when you've given all the love that you know how to give all the love you understand to give you can go to God and there's a multitude of other ways you can show your kids that you love them and help them get through whatever it's they're going through whatever obstacle they're trying to overcome they can get through and that you can you can continue to show them love while helping them get through it because just like when we screw up the bible doesn't ever say 
That was awful. You should never do that. It guides us. It corrects us. But it does it in love. Just the way God loves you through your junk. We need to take his love in and make rainbows of that out to your kids. Because he loves them and loves you. And he's equipped you to do this. So I'm hoping that you enjoy it. But I'm praying that it reminds you to reflect God's love in many, in, in many ways to all your loved ones. As you leave later, there's going to be ushers at the door that are excited to give you one of, one of these. They're in the bags. Um, and I just want to encourage us that you are who God made you to be. He has equipped you and called you to this. And that you have his knowledge. You know what to do in every situation. We do have to tap into Jesus, but he's there. He loves us and believes in us. I want you to think about a time now that you felt helpless and hopeless in, in loving the people around you. And think about a time that you, it could have been this morning, just trying to get here this morning. You could have felt like you just, you just crashed and burned on the way. It could be any scenario from that crazy video <laughs> that we all can relate to. Or it could be just trying to sit through this Mother's Day message because of the hurts and the pain that you have right now from loss or, or just hurt from situations. I just want to encourage you as we, as we, as they're getting ready to sing this song, to lean in, to let this song become your song, your knowledge, and your crutch when you need it, that you will be, that you will, blah, sorry. This song will help you when, you when you feel like you're the one that's running off the porch, falling over and rolling down that hill. When you're feeling totally defeated, this is the song that God has for you. He is going to show you how much he loves you, how much he cares, and how much he has you. Happy Mother's Day, sweethearts. You're very, very loved. <laughs>